Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, we talk about the four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom, and in that light, I'm always scouring the globe, interviewing entrepreneurs, creators, influencers on the cutting edge, and impacting the world. So today we have a fellow Texan, um, uh, Zach Black, Zach from Austin, and he's a consciousness mentor to world-class leaders and founders. And he specializes in simplifying complex consciousness teachings to make it very easy for a person to identify their ego and its limitations. So today is going to be talking all about unleashing your potential, manifesting, and I'm happy to welcome Zach to the show. Welcome. Uh, it's my honor, Christopher. Thanks for having me on. I know uh, we had chatted a little bit backstage and, uh, and we connected through Podmatch. And so tell us more about yourself and uh, how you got started. We'll go from there. Yeah. So for myself, I've been coaching leaders and founders for about three years now. Uh, I've been in the coaching space for just over 10 uh, and I've been uh, in corporate America for a short time uh, in the management roles. I was very much attracted to the personal development side of things, but I was craving my own style of freedom, right? So going out on my own, becoming an entrepreneur. And uh, when I first went out, uh, I was doing a lot of fitness. So you're talking about health freedom. So I was very much in the health and fitness space, uh, moved into bodybuilding coaching as well, which is a little bit different. Uh, but as I was going through this coaching time period, I started to experience an awakening or a calling inside of myself, uh, something that I knew was deeper. Uh, and I knew this because it was uh, quite frightening uh, what it was asking me to do. And uh, ultimately, what is it asking me? It's my higher self or you know, my soul that's really calling for me to make an impact, a greater impact. And I knew that I could do that inside of you know business leaders and founders. Uh, as they are truly creating in the world. And you know that's what we're here to do. We are creators. And sometimes it's very hard to believe that because we have been raised, uh, I like to say that victims have been raising victims for generations. So through all this environmental influence, you know, through uh, our own way of being, through our ego, which is something that you spoke about, uh, you know, we are here to overcome victim consciousness. And once we can do this, we can truly realize and know in our hearts and our being that we are the creator and the cause of everything in our life, uh, something drastic starts to switch inside of people. And this perception shift really starts to accelerate uh, results in their life and then the success and the fulfillment that they're after. Yeah, very, very and I was talking to a couple of um, fellow entrepreneurs and they're just talking about how society is just programmed mostly through propaganda, mass media, you know, to basically fail. And um, so we'll get into it. What is what is victim consciousness? What is that? So victim consciousness in the very simplest form would say that it's not my fault and everything is happening to me. Right. Uh, so there's a lack of responsibility. 
And also there's a lack of meaning in their mm-hmm. life. Uh, it's like you're just here by chance. And everything else that's happening to you uh, is not anything that you're creating. It's what everybody else is doing to you. Now, the depth of this can get very, very, very deep in the understanding of it. Because if I were to give you another distinction, it's any time you think that you aren't infinitely powerful. Mm-hmm. So now we can start looking at the ego and seeing, well, where is that taking away from my power, my belief in myself? If a marker, and this is when I'm guiding you know, the clients that I guide, we say that, look, clarity and self-belief to us are the number one and number two or one A characteristics needed for success and rapid success. So if you're clear, but then you don't believe that you can create what you're clear about, you're going to sabotage yourself. If you're if you have belief, but you have no idea what you want to create, you're going to sabotage yourself. You have no direction. It doesn't matter. So these two go hand in hand. So if you're not in 100% belief that you can create the thing that you want to create, and let's say you're 99%, that means 1% of you is in victim consciousness. Mm. That means that you doubt yourself or you feel as if you are unworthy or incapable. You know, these are those deep levels of uh, illusion that's created by the ego mind. And when we succumb to this and we succumb to believing what our mind, our ego mind is telling us, then we then become incarcerated by our mind. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, the first level of freedom is to realize that you are not the mind, that you are not your thoughts, that you are the observer of such. And through that process, you with your own free will can choose how you want to think, how you want to feel and how you want to act. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And you talk about this, uh, this, I really love this idea of consciousness because you meet people at different points sometimes you don't see them for like 19 years and they're like totally different how do you reveal the depth of victim consciousness within you how do you find out like if you're victim yeah so the way that i like to say it for a very easy way to know uh is that your your mind and your body are they they have a relationship with each other and they work hand in hand so if i were to come and punch you in the gut your mind would register that, ow, that hurt, right? But that's not as frequent as the mind saying very negative things to yourself and then the body saying, ow. Because when we are in a negative space, we're in a victim space, our body will let us know what's true and what's not true. So if I'm telling myself I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough or I'm a bad person or at the level that I actually work with with a lot of people, normally they have a high level of success, but there's no fulfillment. And they feel like they're lacking, you know, the actual purpose in their life. Well, I don't have a purpose. Well, that doesn't feel good in the body. The body will, your gut will be uncomfortable. You won't feel good. Mm-hmm. So that is a very easy sign. Once you become aware, ooh, I'm, I'm not, my body doesn't feel good. What am I thinking about that's creating this response in my body? Because it's my belief, and this is just my belief here, that the body is actually the physical expression of the soul. And the mind is something that's completely different. It is the thing that's connected to what we could say uh, universal consciousness or unity consciousness, what this is. And through that, it's a wave of energy and the collective, mm-hmm. right? So I can be picking up on somebody else's thoughts. You know, empaths do this all the time. They can pick up on somebody else's emotions, somebody else's thoughts, and not even know whether that thought is mine or it's theirs or whatever else. Mm-hmm. But when you know yourself and you know the way that you want to think and you know you're choosing, you become very clear about what that is. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of like, and I know we don't have a lot of time, so I'm just trying to give them a, kind of a cue in. Hey, pay attention to how your body feels with what you're telling yourself, and you'll find the areas to go into victim. Now, I can give you a couple of different things that most people don't think about. 
For instance, there are no accidents at all. Everything is purposely done. So if there are no accidents, that means there's no luck. So how many times does somebody say, oh, I got lucky? You're taking away your power when you said that you got lucky. Mm. Or maybe you're looking at somebody else's success and says, man, must be nice with them. They're, they're really lucky. No, they're mm. not lucky. They chose a certain amount of choices that led them to a point that they've acquired or attained whatever it is that they have in their life. And this gets really deep and go even further because then some people are like, what about people that like get inheritance and stuff like that? I mean, we can go down that rabbit. It's going to be too long. But inside of that, we have to start understanding that every single time that we say that somebody has something that we don't, we're saying that we are a victim of that circumstance. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's very deep and profound. Like it's almost like, uh, you know, whenever you feel yourself envious or you have like FOMO, that's, that's quite... Um, like cues that you were talking about mm -hmm. um so one is uh so you talked about cues and uh, especially we talk about ego and how can somebody quickly identify if it's their ego or if it's their higher self in their thought process yeah so i would say that there are three main characteristics of the ego uh, the first one is identification it is the part of your mind that is trying to identify things and then also identifying yourself right the next thing is that it is of separation. So now if I'm identifying myself and then I see myself as separate from other people, other beings, so to speak, and then also it separates your mind because you can have inside of us, we seem to have a, a dueling battle between love and inspiration and fear and control, even in our own mind. Well, if we didn't have the fear and control aspect of it, there would be no division. Well, that's the thing that's creating the separation away from this love and inspiration and courage that you can experience. And then the third thing is fear. And I like to say that the ego's weapon is fear. And there, there are a lot of children of fear, inadequacy, fear of being unworthy, right? Uh, there's fear of failure, right? All these different things are just different children that blossom from a fear, but ultimately the children are stories that we tell ourselves, the beliefs that we tell ourselves, and then there's a subsequent behavior that we create from those belief systems. But the majority of our belief systems as human beings was built from fear because our parents were afraid for us as we're growing up, for our safety, right? When we're children, we come into the world as perfect, man. Our eyes have so much wonderment in it, and we're just here to explore until we're told, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And then our belief system starts getting built from what other people's fears are, and then that's what we go forward. So most of the programs that people are running on, when I say the program is the subconscious program, is built by fear. Mm -hmm. So when we awaken to this understanding, we start to understand that, hey, there's no invisible force working against me. The invisible force is visibly me. Then we can start taking responsibility for the choices that we're making. And that is the only way that we start to shift. Law of cause and effect tells us this. You are the cause through your choices. There's an effect in your life. And what I like to tell people is like, look, I don't care what you believe. All I want to believe is all I want to know is, is what you believe, does it have an effect of you experience happiness, joy, and abundance? And if it doesn't, why would you believe it? Mm. So it's just about creating very sharp distinctions in people's minds that awakens them to a different perception, a different way of being. And it's not my perception. It's the perception that serves you. Yeah. Uh, and as we, you know, as we talk about these, um, thoughts, you know, in the perception, beliefs and values, you know, some of this is tied to, you know, emotional trauma. And mm -hmm. um, 
how do you, uh, you know, some strategies to um, quickly shift your subconscious and, um, and also steps to healing? Yeah, so I would go with the steps to healing first, because it, you really have to go and do the inner work, um, you know, self discovery, self exploration, uh, becoming aware of things. Uh, so with that, I say that there's three basically basic steps of healing. And the first step is acceptance. And normally that's the step that people resist for decades. They'll continue to experience the thoughts of not being good enough. They'll continue to experience the thoughts they don't want to think based off past experiences that they've had, traumatic experiences. They'll continue to act like it didn't happen. I mean, for myself, I was addicted to pornography for 16 years, and it took me two 16 years for me to admit I had a problem, even though inside of me, I knew I did, but I couldn't admit it. So that's acceptance, right? Mm. So once we move through the resistance, which is created by all sorts of fears, fear of loss, fear of, uh, of being not good enough, you know, all these different fears are what create the resistance, then acceptance allows us to start looking at it. Okay, now I can look at it. So now we move into understanding. I need to understand why this kind of happened to me. And also, how did this benefit me? How does this serve me in this moment? Because all regret is, is a lesson that has not been recognized. Mm -hmm. Because we like to say, well, I should have, would have, could have did something different. And I'm saying that, no, you should have, would have, could have did what you did because it's what you did. And until you accept what you did, you can't actually see what the lesson from that experience is. So that when that experience comes back, as it comes back in pattern, you then make a different choice that isn't the regretful choice, it's a new choice, because you're gonna get the opportunity again. But in the understanding, really we're trying to extract what is the lesson that's serving you and benefiting you in the present moment. And then lastly, that's kind of like the masculine form of, of healing, the why, why, why understanding. And then the last one is forgiveness. We gotta go into the feminine, now I need to start forgiving myself because the that logic always ends in a stalemate. If so, science would have found the, the, the key to everything, but they can't because logic only brings us to a stalemate. So once we can say why so many times, and then it's like, what's the answer? Well, if I'm not satisfied with this answer, but this is it, well, the only logical thing to do is to start forgiving myself for what I did. And then that's the releasing in the Buddhist sense. Uh, that's the releasing of karma. That forgiveness is the releasing of karma. And this is the releasing of the energy that's associated with that trauma. So, so when we move through these things, then after doing this healing, because if we're, if we don't do that part, we're bypassing, we're just, we're just resisting, we're just avoiding, we're saying, oh, I'll deal with it later. It, it, you never, you'll deal with it now, or you're going to just continue to deal with it later, 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 it's still there. Once we get to that point, then it's about being very repetitive with forgiveness, mm. very repetitive with the lesson. Because your mind works like my mind, it works like anybody else's mind. So Think about this. If you ever told somebody sometime in your life that you were going to do something and then this person responded back with, well, I'll believe it when I see it. Some sort of form of that. Mm -hmm. Your mind does the same thing to you. Oh, you forgive yourself for this traumatic experience once. I don't know if you rally forgive yourself. So I'll believe it when I see it. And then it brings the experience back forward again. And then you forgive yourself again. That's like, okay, well, maybe maybe you are going to forgive yourself, but you know what? I'm going to try again. Here's the experience again, and then you forgive yourself again. And your mind's like, oh, maybe you're serious about it. The problem is, is that people will forgive themselves one and think that that's all they need to do. But then the experience comes back up and they get frustrated. I already forgave myself for this. Why is this happening to me? Gotcha. You didn't forgive yourself. That's not what forgiveness is. Mm. So the subconscious mind is reprogrammed through doing things repetitively in the present moment over and over and over because that's how it's programmed. 
Mm-hmm. So for me personally, if I watched porn for 16 years of my life, which ultimately probably was 10,000 or more times that I watched porn while I was doing this, why would I think that I could heal from the regret and the shame and the and the sadness of that by just forgiving myself once? I had to forgive myself multiple times. And then over time, the emotional intensity of the thoughts that's associated with the trauma started to lessen. And then now I still experience, oh, maybe you're going to watch porn. And it's just a thought that passes in my mind. There's no emotional attachment to it, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's still a part of me. Most people say, oh, that was the old me. The moment you say this is the old you is the moment that the old you starts becoming the new you. Because you're putting something to the side that you say isn't a part of you anymore, but it is. And if you don't keep yourself aware of both parts, your dark and your light, then your dark will start to create the self-sabotage and the old pattern behaviors because your lack of awareness that you are both simultaneously. And that's what actually creates wholeness. That's really interesting. Um, he's kind of like uh, almost like Zen. and um, But um, one thing that was really interesting was you said when the, the forgiveness releases the karma, which is um, really interesting because, you know, um, you know, karma's this intention, like it's kind of like a cycle effect, but then, um, you know, this forgiveness kind of releases that, that pent up energy that, you know, which is very fascinating. I've always been fascinating with um, karma and dharma and all these concepts. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I know one thing is uh, we're kind of um, coming to the end of this, but uh, one thing is uh, what, what are some simple, you know, takeaway, highly effective strategies to make a huge impact on daily performance and personal well-being? Yeah, being aware of setting intention. You know, I, I can't remember who said this, but they said every intentional act is a magical act, and that is very true. Uh, so when I'm working with my clients, you know, we call it consciousness self-mastery. What does that equal? It equals greater performance. It equals greater happiness. It equals greater uh, feeling of abundance. You know, that that's what this equals. So I don't call myself a performance coach because this is everything to me. And the reason why I say that is that if you want to increase your performance, set an intention prior to everything that is important to you to do. Mm. Before this call, and we were together, I set an intention My intention is to show up like X, Y, and Z. Just by bringing my intention into my conscious awareness, well, now I have a guide of how I want to be on the call with you. Mm -hmm. My intention was to show up in love, courage, and transparency. And that's what I've been here for. Mm -hmm. So when I have clients, for instance, that, hey, I'm about to do a big presentation. Cool. Set an intention prior to that. And then also the second thing that's very valuable is visualizing the experience and how you want to show up in the experience. Because our subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what we visualize and what we experience in real life. So if I have, for instance, a client in that same way that's saying, oh, I'm going to have a big presentation today. I'll say, okay, that morning, I want you to visualize the room. I want you to visualize the people that you know are going to be in the room. I want you to actually see if you can smell it. If you've been in that room before, what does it smell like? What does it feel like to be there? And then I want to visualize yourself just crushing, just crushing your your your, your uh, presentation the entire time. Mm. You're practicing. Your, your mind doesn't know you're practicing. Oh, your mind doesn't know the difference whether it's in person or not. So you're actually practicing while you're sitting in your seat. And then you come to the moment and you're not as nervous because you've already practiced it. Mm. Right? You already know what you're going to say. You've already seen this happen. So this is manifestation as we talk, you talked about in the beginning of it. You're manifesting the reality that you want to have just by associating the thought and the visualization of what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's my belief that we create just like the creator or God created this universe. You can think about this universe as a thought of God. 
right? A mental projection of God, boom, universe. Well, how do we create? From mental projections in our mind. And then we create the reality that we want to live in as well. So we are co-creators in this way. So if we can align ourselves in understanding how important intention and visualization is, you can see huge improvements in performance, huge improvements in decreasing stress and anxiety, and really finding the fulfillment and the happiness, because that's what's blocking us from such, is the fear, is the anxiety, is the worry, is the stress. And then what are we doing? Well, all we're doing is creating a frequency of attracting more worry, anxiety, stress, and fear. Mm -hmm. But we have to take responsibility for our thoughts and what we want to create in this world. A lot of uh, deep and really golden gems. Um, you know, I hope the audience listening out there really take some really concepts. These are kind of how you heal and um, manifest and, you know, attract. So how can people, I know a lot of people listening are interested in um, following you, contacting you, working with you. How can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on any of my social media outlets at Zach Blakeney. Uh, nobody has my name, so it's pretty easy to find. Uh, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, the whole nine. Um, for my website, it's www.unleashyourg.com backslash today. And the Unleash Your G is Unleash Your Genius, uh, which is your creative genius inside of you. And yeah, that's uh, the main places you can find me. And uh, with that, you know, Zach is uh, he's a self-mastery consciousness coach. He's the founder of the Conscious Creators Community and Empowering Conscious Entrepreneurs uh, really to not just succeed, but really to fulfill themselves and to give back. So thanks so much. I really loved the conversation and thanks for um, all the info and wisdom you gave. Absolutely, Christopher. It was my honor. Thank you. Much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.